Hello, and welcome to episode 87 of Can We Still Be Friends, a podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here with Ryan Ebling. This is our second annual celebration of Tea Thanksgiving, a time each year where we pause in the chaos of our busy lives to give thanks for Hanks. This year, we're watching the 1992 hit A League of Their Own, directed by Penny Marshall. I've seen this movie before, but it's the first time at bat for Ryan. And while we know there's no crying in baseball, when we're giving thanks for Hanks, we can't promise there won't be tears of joy. A League of Their Own was a scruffier performance than people were used to from Tom Hanks, but audiences responded glowingly to the combined star power of Hanks, Gina Davis, and Madonna, earning the movie over $132 million worldwide. Though even the most dyed-in-the-wool Hanks head would be surprised to hear it, the movie earned no Oscar nominations. However, it reoriented Hanks' trajectory as a bona fide movie star after a string of not-so-great movies in the wake of Big. But does all that movie star credibility mean that A League of Their Own is a true Tom Hanks classic? Or is this a T. Hanksgiving leftover we won't be reheating? Keep listening. run get on second and we lost the lead because of you now you start using your head that's that love that's three feet above your ass are you crying no are you crying are you crying there's no crying there's no crying in baseball why don't you leave her alone jimmy oh you zip it doris Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No! No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! What's the matter, Jimmy? What? She's crying, sir. All right, so that was that was our man, the man for the episode, mm-hmm. Tom Hanks of you know T Hanks giving yeah, the fame. reason for the season. The reason for the season, of course, uh, that's Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan, and he's talking to uh, baseball player Evelyn, as played by Biddy Schram, saying uh, what I think has now become an iconic. Uh, an oh, iconic, uh, iconic line of the movie, for sure, but almost of baseball oh, itself. Of baseball itself, of Hollywood? Yeah, it's up there among the most quotable or quoted movie lines. Sure, yeah. There's no, there's no crying in baseball. Right. One of many lessons that we have learned from Tom Hanks oh, over man. the years. Yeah. I, I, where do we even start? I guess yeah. you could start there. You we could start, start with, there. We could sure. start with there's yeah. no crying in baseball. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, of course, you know, I've never seen this movie, but I... You I, knew it. I knew you that, knew of that. course. Of course, oh, you of did. course I have. It might be one of those things where people would be like, oh, that's where it's from? Now, many lessons learned, but Tom Hanks' character in this one is not the, uh, not the upstanding... No, this is, uh, this, is not, this is not the Hanks that, you would, that would immediately come to mind, even though I think this is an iconic line, of course. It's an iconic, in a way, performance. Yeah. But yeah, when you think of, when you think of Tom Hanks, yeah. this one's going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Ooh, good baseball term. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be full of them tonight. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope so. I would expect nothing less. Yeah, and to be, to be perfectly honest, I had no idea that this character was like that. I, oh, I guess oh. I assumed that this was... Uh, that that was kind of like a moment of weakness in that character. Like, I don't know. It was Tom Hanks. Like he was no just in, like in, in the movie, this would have been when he kind of lost his cool. Yeah. Of an otherwise even tempered, right. good natured yeah. coach. Yeah. But no, this was this was par for the course no, to yes, use yeah. uh, not a baseball term. A golf term. Yeah. It was uh, right down the middle. Yep. It was a it was a pop fly. I don't think that I'm getting away from <laughs> what I was trying to say here. Yeah, it sounds about right. Easy I mean, it was out. A, yeah. Was, uh, easy out. I don't, you know, I, I I'm, I'm not as good with these things I, I as know, you are. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm <laughs> I, I would spinning have... my wheels here. <laughs> it's a NASCAR reference. I don't know anymore. <laughs> oh, this is going terribly. Anyways, anyways, let's get back to baseball, Please, Ryan. Yeah, all right, right. And uh, and and uh, but you're right. The old gridiron. Is... <laughs> back to baseball. <laughs> yeah. The brass tacks. This is what the, first this base. is what the night's gonna be, huh? Yeah, it might be. The problem is I haven't actually like watched baseball or been heavily invested in baseball in so many years. I, yeah. I need to kind of bring the I need to bring the lingo back. I yeah. gotta kind of dig it up. I, is from, there different lingo now? Like, am I, I am I would I would I walk into uh, the dugout 
I know? believe so. And well, um, let me finish my thought. Okay. Would I walk into the dugout saying the terms that I, I remember, even if I were able to remember them, and people would be, and, and it would be like somebody from from the the sixties. You know, would it Talk, be a yeah, lot of yeah. a whole lot of like daddy o and cool cat and, and, and they'd they'd be looking at you like who's this yeah, grandpa? What, you know? Yeah, yeah. You'd be like pulling out see, I don't even know, do they still have Big League Chew? I I I don't know. I hope so, but is Big League Chew a product still? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> that's well, or, yeah. Is it a product A and B, is it still widely Ooh. used within Little League? I don't know. I, I I do see that Big League Chew is still a product. Either that or people are selling old packages of Big League Chew. That's such a, a, a tie to narcotics. Right. And, you know, like, is that yeah. ac- acceptable anymore? Because I can't imagine playing Little League you know without what some Big guessing? League Chew. I'm guessing. And actually, I, I know a little bit from uh, working in high school where there are baseball players that, yes, chew, like, tobacco chewing is still a thing. That, With baseball? Yeah. I do know that when I played you know, when I was when I was rounding the bags, uh, as a was that ever, that sounds a, like a hacky sack reference. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't round the bag in a hacky sack. When I was uh, going around the horn a uh, little bit in uh, in my playing days, which ended in fourth grade, I believe, or mm, third grade. Mm, okay. Um, I I know my parents every now and then were like, I don't know if we're comfortable with you buying that, but then they big league chew. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> no tobacco. <laughs> Snuff, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, generally, the generally, they, yeah. <laughs> generally, they didn't really care. But yeah, it's it is as like a, I mean, we talked a lot about being dads last time. But as a dad, if my son kind of like ripped open a bag and stuffed <laughs> big league chew in his mouth, I'd be like, "That's weird. I don't like that." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Even though it's you know it's shredded bubble gum, but it's basically you know. Yeah. Shredded to look like what? Yeah, exactly. Come on. That is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Well, we, we, oh, we need uh, to, well, we first of all, we need to get back to just T. Well, Hanks. T. Hanks. Hanks. I didn't forget that we were talking about, right. about Tom Hanks. We, um, we couldn't. And, uh, you know, I saw that today you, you posted a great uh, a picture of a book on our Instagram of yeah. Tom Hanks. Now, did you own that? What is that book, by the way? What is that, it? That's a, I got the, that was at the library. I was, I was at the library and it was, it was like just on display. Um, what, this by the divine intervention, yeah, like on display by the new releases. I'm imagining it with like gleaming light on it. I mean, I had to ask the security guard to remove it from its display case. Um, but it, it's not a new release. It came out a couple years ago. It's a, a book written by Gavin Edwards, who who's done. You can see if you look at the picture on Instagram, he's the best-selling author of The Tao of Bill Murray. Mm, okay, um, so yes. So this book, uh, it was like kind of a biography of Tom Hanks and then the 10 commandments of Tom mm-hmm. Hanks. Um, one of them was about like respecting baseball and like a deep love for baseball is one of Tom Hanks's uh, 10 commandments as interpreted by Gavin Edwards. And then it's sort of just like a, a summary of the movies that he's been in. So not a book I'd read cover to cover. Sure, um, but to flip through and 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 it seems fitting as a celebration. Yeah, of Tom Hanks absolutely leaning into the already sort of uh, understood reputation yeah, the of, the, of, the ce- yeah. of the celebrity. You know exactly. Yeah, in my reading today, I learned a little bit about Tom Hanks' childhood, which wasn't as rosy as his kind of adulthood would make it out to be. Oh, he just he moved a ton. His dad. Uh, split from his mom when he was fairly young and then got married and then like split from that family and all like Tom Hanks lived with his dad it's not like his dad like left the family or anything but he he had a family for two years that he just really doesn't see or know about anymore Hmm. like he had he had step siblings that didn't really connect stay in contact with yeah Um, and he basically raised himself for a lot of his life and it all like for for like the ninety nine people who would use that as like negatives and baggage. He's he just sort of said like, yeah, that was that was the way it was for me. Yeah, he seems like he's uh he's he's sort of accepted it and, and yeah and processed it into a way that has made him into uh, generally speaking a very positive figure. In yeah, our culture, I mean, it know? does seem like he kind of used what he experienced as a child to not do that as a father, but yeah. not in any way that's like resentful. And he talked about his mom lived a few hours away, and so he would his dad would just put him on a bus to go see his mom 
And uh, he said, like, nobody on the bus was ever glad to be sitting next to him. <laughs> and uh, he, he talks about how great those trips were because he would just stare out the window and let his imagination go. Everybody else would be like, I felt so abandoned and alone. But Very he was lonely. like, it was yeah. good thinking time. <laughs> uh, and so one of the things that, um, like I said, one of the Ten Commandments was like this deep respect for baseball. And... Uh, he worked uh, for a time in the 70s as like a, a cons- uh, or, uh, what do you call them? The people who sell food walking around the stadium. Oh, uh, what do they call those? <laughs> Boy, we really are bad with our baseball <laughs> terms. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, he sold like popcorn. The concessions guys? Yeah, but, yeah. I guess, yeah. Um, and so he had some really formative like working world series for the San Francisco Giants like when he was 17 something wow. watching Willie Mays play and man um and he um now when he goes to games he's in a box like he he's, he doesn't sit in the stands although he did for a really long time and he brings a typewriter and he types up the the stats of the game like wow. as people like yeah well, yeah i mean just really deep into this with baseball yeah he said that like football is war, basketball is struggle, baseball is life. Hmm. And like one of the things is that baseball is circular, that it starts where it ends. That, that wow. like with baseball, in order to score, you have to get back to where you started. Hmm. And so like thinking about that idea of um, never forgetting where you came from and never like never thinking that you're too big for where you started or anything like that um, was a lot of like lessons that he yeah. was thinking about philosophical yeah with the baseball wow yeah. well i'm glad you found that book me too just in time and actually you know obviously that's a very good segue baseball and tom hanks into our movie obviously oh right yeah <laughs> so we should probably talk a little bit about a league of their own although we should mention up front this is going to be through the filter of talking tom about hanks. tom hanks yeah. you know though i mean i feel like we can't fully do that with a league of their own because this is a movie about women of course <laughs> so, of course of course so we'll talk about the movie yes but we do you know it, it's uh, the reason for the season of course um yeah. and so we'll be bringing hanks back into it more than i think we maybe would right. if we had just picked this movie to, to talk about any I other agree, month. yeah yeah so why don't we just go into our usual you know uh, yeah. first viewings this is your first this viewing. is my first so you yeah. don't have an original viewing you you sort of alluded <laughs> At the end of our last episode with Madonna maybe being the reason why you uh, didn't get a chance it, yeah. to see this at, the, at first. Did you have general thoughts about the movie going into it? Um, it wasn't until recent years where it became a movie I've been meaning to see. I knew people who saw it and liked it back then. And I liked baseball. I liked sports. I liked, you know, I saw I wanted to see it. Um, but then it just sort of, you know, I didn't think about it. And then I feel like it's I don't know if it's just recent or whatever, but I feel like people have been talking about it in pretty glowing or nostalgic or um, really appreciative terms in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Well, part of that had to do with, you know, uh, Penny Marshall, who directed this movie, you know, she passed away in 2018. People were kind of reevaluating all of her work. And I do feel like out of her work, this was the movie people were talking the most about as far as like what its legacy really is now. Like, my remember the movie was that it was a, it was a likable movie. It was a movie that a lot of people in its day even liked. But right. aside from like the line that we played in that first scene, I felt like for the most part it had been kind of forgotten. When you started seeing these reevaluations, you were seeing more women writing about movies and a lot of these women writers and critics were explaining how important that movie was to them growing up. So um, anyways, I can, I can talk a little bit about, you know, my, my first viewing. I had seen this actually in the theater when it came out. It was a very mainstream movie and my, my mom just liked to take us to the popular movies yeah. and it was a popular movie and my mom liked Tom Hanks, you know, and, oh yeah. And I forgot my mom also really liked Madonna too. So, you <laughs> know, so, so there was a lot of appeal factors for us to go to this movie and I saw it in the theater and I remember liking it quite a bit, you know. And I, I watched it maybe a few times later. It, I feel like it was on TV a few times. I would watch it on VHS if it was rented once or twice, maybe. So it always just kind of held, like uh, like I said, it's kind of a likable movie to mm-hmm. me. Like It's just kind of held like a positive place in my heart, but it wasn't like one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, not even one of my like favorite Tom Hanks movies or anything like that. So um, if you looked at my letterbox, I looked in before I did the rewatch, I had it at three and a half. Um, which is like a you know solid good 
Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know if you want to, me to say this now, but that's about where I'd put it now. On three and a half. First watch. Yeah, why, yeah, why not? Well, let's just go there. So yeah, you're going to put this at three and a half is, yeah. is what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, when I rewatched it, I couldn't believe how much of it I remembered. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think I would put it at three and a half, maybe three, three and a half. I, I just, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty solid movie. It's got, it's, um, it's a very by the numbers movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, the way people have been talking about it. I guess I expected it to be more than it was, but it also is pretty solid for what it is. You know, I'm trying to think too, like 1992, how popular could a really more overtly feminist movie be in 1992? Right. (laughs) With Madonna, you know, who already was sort of a walking picture of feminism that scared people and femininity that scared people. Yep. So I think Penny Marshall had to use Madonna in a way that, and her reputation in a way that she might not have had to if there were somebody else in the role. But at the same time, I did find it to be a pretty moving celebration of women and femininity. Well, I think, okay, so I think we need to talk about this week and this moment that we're in also. Like like today. Yeah. Like today. So I, <laughs> so I think today, yeah. for our listeners, and we don't know what's going to happen in the next few days. We don't. But we are recording this on Saturday. Saturday, the 7th. November 7th. This yeah. is the day that, you know. The election The was election has been called. For, for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris. I mean, this, right. is, this, is, this is a big day. Mm-hmm. for a lot of women and women mm-hmm. of color and yep. people of color mm-hmm. in this country. Um, and it's a day where relief seems to be the word I hear over and over again. Yep. People are breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah. The reason I bring that up for this movie <laughs> and for T. Hanksgiving, first of all, it gives us a lot to be thankful for. Yes. If you've been listening to this podcast at all over the last four years, there yeah. is no reason to hide where we stand on this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we are gleeful. Yes. I think. Yep. I was today. Yeah. yeah. It was a beautiful sunny day, 70 degrees outside too. That helped. Yes, you know? it definitely. <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty cheerful. <clears throat> That's not necessarily how I felt all week. I've I've been riddled with anxiety. Right. It wasn't where I was when I watched it. Wasn't where I was. I watched this on Thursday. And even as we announced it in our last episode, we've specifically said we could be in civil war by the time next time we do this. We still could. Who the hell knows? Like, up, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. By the time I get this up and post it, I have no idea what the country is going to feel like or look like. But tonight, tonight right. feels very good. And I feel like even this movie, when I was watching it on Thursday night, this is a movie that is meant to be, it's designed to be inspirational, to be heartwarming, yeah. to be hopeful. Mm-hmm. So if you're watching it in a state like I was in on Thursday, it could feel a little trite yeah a little cheap maybe a little pandering pandering because you're kind of like well who would have known where we were going to be right in 2020 and then you just get these little reminders like today where you're like and now i'm looking at a league of their own through that lens and i'm like man i feel good like that yeah and and that movie was there all along and that movie did show us that there is progress and and that and that it's slow going and that you know this this wasn't like the perfect league, but it was something. Right. And, you know, it, it was a real step forward for women in athletics. Right. And, and it had Tom Hanks in it. And I can still remember Tom Hanks as being a force for good and decency in this country. <laughs> yes. You yeah. know, like I watch it, I, I think about it today and I think about our conversation today and I'm like, I, I, I still like my three and a half rating is just, it's a good movie, but depending on where I'm at when I'm watching it, it's going to depend on what that three and a half means. That three and a half is either going to mean it's a decent, okay movie, but it's a little trite, or it's going to mean it's a good movie. It It makes me feel good. Our our potential. It appeals to our better angels. You know, like that's, that's kind of where I feel a little bit with this movie as a choice for right now. That's a great point. Like last night I was sort of like, okay, so this is a movie about how women had their moment but then went back to the <laughs> right. kitchens like right. great but then today i'm like yeah women could do it like <laughs> so that's good like it's got and, uh, you know and the that's movie our is limits realistic as, in that our way. limits as viewers yes it is this is a point that roger ebert made in his review way back in 92 mm-hmm. where he talked about gina davis's character dotty he couldn't say for sure but he said he thought this was probably a touch of having a woman director mm-hmm. was having your lead character actually not think that much of baseball and is is completely expecting to go back to the home, back to her husband when yeah. it's done. And it's only through 
the playing of it and being on the team that she realizes that it does mean more to her than she let on. Yeah. But it also doesn't mean enough to her to not just go back yeah. <laughs> to the life that she had before, right. you know. And that it's not a black and white depiction of it that she she didn't feel like she was really sacrificing a major part of herself. Yes, yeah. And when she did feel that way, she came back to the game. There's a complexity to her character that she her her wanting to go back with her husband isn't just like a sacrificing of her autonomy. It's a woman who really loves her husband and was right. worried about his safety and to have him back is more important to her than continuing to play baseball. And he also isn't some overbearing like, well, now that I'm back, you don't need to baseball right. anymore. No, like, he cheers her on. Yeah. That's my wife. Right. Yeah. And the fact that there's no love interest forced on any of the female characters. Oh, and you know what's interesting about that is that's something that I, I read. Um, they wanted there to be. Penny Marshall had to fight against that. Yeah, that the, they wanted Jimmy Dugan and, and, uh, and Dottie, Dottie to, to fall in love. How, yeah. how stupid would that have been? Yeah. Really? And like that they can have meaningful conversations together where he he respects her opinion and it's not that he even like was again a, a caricature of a misogynist he just was a baseball player who didn't know how much these women knew about baseball once Dottie shows that she actually knows what she's talking about he respects her for it and yeah. it isn't a big moment like it's not any major like downfall it's just somebody you can be a man who's flawed and very easily accept the input of a woman like right right and like that conversation where he actually kind of calls her over and asks her and they on the bus they have a they have a talk he, he values her as almost a peer in in that listen when uh bob, bob comes back are you gonna keep playing oh no you could just quit like that sure because you play like you love it no, no. Does he know how good you are? Bob? No, Hitler. Yes, Bob. How good am I? You stink. You're lousy. You're only the best player in the league. You don't know that? Well. You ever been married? Well, let me think. Yeah, twice. Any children? One of them was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but truly, in like movie making terms, it's it's a really it's a refreshing normalizing it's, of male female yes. relationships. Yes, it's pretty tempered in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I even think in the sense that the Jimmy Dugan character, he has a it's it's a little bit of a transformation. It's not that huge. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't all of a sudden become ultra passionate about this league. Yeah. He, he, he just sort of like realizes like, I don't mind giving my attention to this by yeah. the end. And also like, we better make it to the world series. Cause I hear I get paid more, right. you know, like, and that's near the end of the movie. Like yeah. he's definitely had a change. He's turned, he's turned course, Yeah, but he's not all of a sudden some kind of like fighter for women's rights or right. like feminist, like, you know, like how many other movies would it have been where like, he was keeping that a secret from them. And then somebody found something and they're like, what's this about you getting paid more? You're only in this for the money? Right. He's like, no, it was at first, but now I see. Like, no, it's not. He is in it for the money and he respects them as baseball players. And the one guy they do have that's sort of like the one that really fights for them, he's kind of in the background. Mm -hmm. David's, how do you say his last? Strathairn. I love the guy. I really do love the guy so much yeah. as an actor. Um, yeah. David Strathairn, the manager, right? He's not the owner. Basically the commissioner of the league. He, That's he right. starts yeah. the league. He's really the one who, who even though the women say at the Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, really should get the credit for keeping it going and, and cut the ribbon. Right. You know? And, but even it, that, he believed in it, but he believed that it could make money. Yes. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was still and it does capitalism make at the end. Right. Yeah. Again, this is maybe what I was wishing for it to do is to have him like believe in women so much. But <laughs> it's just a very clear eyed vision of this whole thing. The only thing that I think they played up for drama in that regard of like who's going to want to watch women play baseball is that in real life, the league was successful right away. Yeah. It makes sense for the movie's sake sure. why you would do that. It doesn't bother me no, really. No. It's a hard thing for this as a sports movie for a lot of reasons. One of which is that there really is no rival. 
there's barely even much attention to the competition. Right. It's only like four teams. It's four teams, yeah. <laughs> and and you don't really want to you don't really you don't really want to have an evil right. women's baseball team. Right. <laughs> like there's so many Especially because they all came from the same pool of of, of tryouts. Right. Like they they were all there together and they were just happy to be on the teams. And so <laughs> to have them suddenly be like, oh, you. They do raise the stakes well by having Kit join the other team. Like yes. that's, yeah. that's not, that didn't feel contrived at all. And there would have been no way to, to create a rivalry other than through contrivance. Right. Because these four teams who didn't know each other before they met at tryouts and they all got on separate teams and now suddenly like without having some like cheating or something going on. Like right. it just would have been way convoluted. But to to continue the kind of rivalry between Kit and Dottie, that worked. And yeah. and also presented a sister sibling rivalry that again you don't see that much in movies. Mm-hmm. To have two sisters be rivals not for the affections of a man. Right. Yeah. Hey, Kit, blow it out your rear end. I am so sick of being blamed for everything that's bothering you. I got you into this league, goddammit. I got her into the league. I didn't even want to be here. Then why are you still here? Kit wants to know why she's still playing. Why is she still, why is she still here? My train leaves at 8 o'clock. I got 10 minutes to pack. Well, if you have any trouble, you know who to blame. I'll see you in the World Series. Yeah, you bet you will. Don't look at her. Don't look at her. And there is some criticism of the capitalism of it in that Dottie said, like, trade me. I wouldn't, you know, but then they trade Kit because they're not going to move the best player in the league. Right. So I guess what, what I think we're both saying is that there's a lot going on here that sort of have to work together to make this movie as successful as it was. Mm-hmm. In its time, yes, but also just to work as a sports movie. So to work as a sports movie when you don't have a rival, to just kind of make it so that the actual endeavor itself of yeah. women's baseball, that's the challenge to overcome. And I think the movie does a pretty good job of that. I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because, you know, you have the the sort of uh, touchstones of a baseball movie with, like, the montages that show them doing well. Definitely, But the montages are just that the crowds are getting bigger. Right. And I'm guessing they are winning, I guess. Yeah. But you don't really care that much you, you it's more about the plays like they like oh like they really are playing great baseball you right know? that's the thing yeah that's that's another thing that this isn't like a zeros to heroes thing like this isn't a team that jimmy yeah. had to pull together right they it was a good. team that was just good from the outset yeah but and, they were good despite him right he wasn't doing anything right exactly <laughs> you know yeah it's going against so many of the standard baseball movie tropes but still being a compelling baseball movie like yeah. the baseball is compelling it's right. not like when the games are going on i'm like uh let's get back to the storyline like it's it's really well interwoven in there because the, i mean actually the baseball is the storyline i don't think yeah. there really isn't a storyline much beyond that right except for this the the kit and dotty relationship probably yeah right. and dotty and her husband and like the, yeah. the kind of the the general fears of world war ii which is another interesting aspect of the movie to be a World War II movie about life going on back at home. I was listening. I've been doing a lot of um, Hanks education. I was listening to the um, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend where he interviewed Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has recently written and starred in the movie Greyhound, which is about like just after Pearl Harbor. And Conan O'Brien and Tom Hanks were talking about how it's interesting to tell stories from the time where the U.S. winning the war was not a given. That for several years, mm-hmm. the Nazis were running rampant and Japan was dominating in the Pacific and um, nobody knew when the war was going to end or anything. And so to think about back home where they couldn't just you know wait for victory um, because they didn't know what was going to happen and things like baseball weren't just luxuries. It was sort of like, we need some normality. We need something going on here. Um, and all the while there's also still the fear and the idea of war going on and you've got Jimmy being the the person who could be fighting but isn't because of his injury right, and right. the the like the kind of layers of that plus the women who that like that scene where the um the telegram comes that one really got me this time me too I'm sorry Betty no John! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my 
So what what I thought was going to stand out about that scene to me, and I wrote it in my 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 um my notes. Uh, that's wartime Tom Hanks, and I said wartime mm-hmm. Tom Hanks is all the Hanks we need because he like <laughs> steps up there. Like yep. Jimmy is like, this is not okay. What you're doing when the guy wants that's to just the leave with gave, a telegram yeah. because he doesn't have a name on it, and he steps up and he is heroic. But then the scene rightly became about the women. It's not a subtle scene, but it works. And it really is about the women, like you said, because the camera is squarely on the women. It's not looking at Hanks the whole time, making this sort of judgment call and and really wrestling. I mean, no, it's not about that. Once he picks up the telegram, it's on the women. Yeah. Like it's on their faces. And it's moving across. And you as a viewer, you know, you're, oh, oh, you know, is it going to be Dottie? Is it, you know, who's it going to be? And um, so the focus is on them. And then even after the news is delivered, you know, I think Hanks gives a pretty understated performance of just consolation uh, to the best that Jimmy sure, yeah. Dugan can. Right, Jim, exactly. Jimmy Dugan is not someone who's going to all of a sudden be, right. be, be this really nurturing right. consolation to anyone. Yeah. You know, he's going to be able to give you a hug, and that's going to mean a lot from Jimmy Dugan right. because that's a lot for him. Because he's know. also pretty much 100% honest. The reason a, Jimmy, a hug from Jimmy Dugan is going to mean something is because he wouldn't if he didn't mean it, right? right? Um, like he tells the the owner of the team yeah i'm not drinking anymore because i don't have enough money to drink <laughs> right and once they started paying him i wanted to believe in tom hanks so much that i was like wait i thought he said he was done drinking kelsey was like he said he didn't because he didn't have money i was like i thought he was just telling a joke <laughs> there is I, I i do feel like i had i had my eye more on how much of this is the player's story mm-hmm. you know this is a movie about these women yeah because you know? i i really thought it was a tom hanks movie yeah and, and you he, notice he's second build yeah. you know it's gina davis's first build and then it's tom hanks and then it's madonna yeah you know? like i guess my 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 assumptions about this movie is that he was the person trying to pull a team together mm-hmm. and that he was getting these women together and he was gonna like whip them into shape and make mm-hmm. a team i mean not at all it's totally about the women and their abilities, and this guy who, if anything, gets in the way. And I will say, it's a pretty funny performance. It is. He basically did a, a, a peeing scene before Austin Powers did. He did, know? yeah. <laughs> Which was all Penny Marshall. Was it really? Yeah. He the, the sound was like more or less captured live. She just had a hose. Okay. And she was in charge of turning it on and off. And uh, she didn't tell him how long it was going to go. And so... But it was her decision to have it go as long as it does, like comedically long. But then it was Tom Hank up to Tom Hanks to sort of Sell hang it. over drunkenly, yeah. act like he's peeing for 50 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> the comedy often comes from him being drunk, you know, like I, I the way that he tells them to get back on the bus. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might just have to play the clip because I can't do it. No. It is so. Because nobody's got a Tom Hanks impression. (laughs) Oh, God, what the hell is going on? Why Lou stopped? Lou quit. Who's Lou? The driver. A car could have came by me. Come on, you girls. We got dinner. What? Get on a bus. What did he say? Is that English? You can barely make out what he's saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's so passionately, yeah. like, drunk, you know, <laughs> yeah. and angry. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, he is a source of a lot of comedy, but there's also, I mean, John Lovitz, he's, his one-liners they're great. killed me. They're great. They're the great. whole time. He's the only cow stuff is amazing. Yes. You know, did, yeah, it's incredible. Did, did you tell the cows you'd write? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you see, see the grass, don't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> see, the way it works is the train moves, not the station. <laughs> yeah. So I but, oh, yeah. go ahead. Go, you, you go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to talk about Tom Hanks' performance. The comedy is pretty broad from him. Uh, like he almost looks like Popeye sometimes, yeah. in, like the faces he's pulling. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it it ends up working. It ends up hanging together. And he he said, again, my independent research. He took this movie because he'd had a bunch of bad ones. Like so, what? Where is this in the Tom Hanks uh, you know chronology? I think you'll be surprised so to see. To see what came before this. So 1988 was big. Also directed by Penny Marshall. Yeah, that's, his, so this is the second biggest, time he's biggest with Penny Marshall. Right, yeah. his biggest hit. This is after Turner and Hooch, though. Yeah, so this is so it went big, 
Then it went Punchline, The Burbs, Turner and Hooch, Joe versus the Volcano, The Bonfire of the Vanities, Radio Flyer, and Tales from the Crypt, a TV. He wow. Did a okay, so of, TV. of all those you just named, I've only seen, even still, Big and Turner and, Turner and Hooch. Right, me too. And so he wanted this movie, not like, all right, I'll do it. But he said, I have to do this because Penny Marshall again, and I need to get back on track. Yeah. The vision for his character was a much older character, and he he and Penny Marshall worked out. I did read how that. to make yeah. it like a thirty a, in, in his thirties. Like this isn't a guy who's washed up. This is a guy who's injured, been cut short. Yeah. And so he fought for this role, and he knew it was something outside his not about not necessarily wheelhouse, but certainly outside his type. And I mean, who you know who knows? But the next. The next movies are Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo Jeez. 13. Wow. That is a string right so there. He, that is a hell of a string. He wow. went back and he went back and then Toy Story. Yeah. So, you know, if he knew that that was how it was going to go, I don't know, but he definitely knew that he needed to change something up. Yeah. And um, he does Tom Hanks' performance up. Like, as much as Jimmy's a piece of shit, he, he's likable right. the whole time but in a way that makes his shortcomings way more acceptable. Mm-hmm. So they can kind of go further with his drunkenness, with his like, it could have played where he was abusive, like he was evil. And even in the light of 2020, post me too, like all that stuff, he doesn't come across as someone who's disrespecting or manipulative or predatory or anything like that. Even though he kind of has this, there's like a lot of implied like womanizing that he does. It's never seen and it's never it's never aimed at anybody. It's not mm-hmm. like he he's just he he womanizes because he disrespects all women or something like that. Like Yeah. He doesn't even really form an attraction to anyone no. on the team Mm-mm. or flirt. And you know, I was thinking cuz you're talking about Tom Hanks specifically in this movie, another way that you really know that this is really a movie about the team and the women in the team, he doesn't even really get an exit. They're getting on the bus, the movie goes on, and then you eventually get to the Baseball Hall of Fame and you just get the timeline that he died in, like, the 80s. Uh, that was Bob, huh? Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. Hey, Kit! Lay off of those high ones. I like the high ones. Mule! Nag! One other thing that really struck me this time watching it is just how typically '90s yes, it feels when yes. you turn it on. Like, oh, like I loved it. it yes, it I was so. It. it was so like golden so and nostalgic. Yeah, and I, I, I was, I was transported back to Friday night movie nights. Yep. Okay, so like, let's, let's. I could have sworn we were watching a v, VHS. Yep. That like. So let's break down uh, what makes that so nostalgic. One of which is the Hans Zimmer score yes, at the beginning. Absolutely. Which is this is Hans Zimmer in his like driving Miss Daisy phase. Soft strings, just kind of giving you that sort of like, this is a warm movie, but it's got some ache. You've got the sort of, speaking of warm, that kind of golden haze absolutely, over everything. Yeah. And the it's idyllic sunny scene of the suburb. Yes. Yep. And even Kids the, playing basketball. The, the, font the font comes exactly. in. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we can't break down what makes it '90s nostalgia because it's everything. It's yes, it's every every, aspect. every ingredient in that recipe is there. The frame story of an older version of, of the, the character yep. that we're going to find. Yep. I find it interesting that it makes sense that the '90s would be looking back at that time because that's kind of when their prime movie going audience would be wanting to be nostalgic about yeah. when they grew up or or like kids of those like baby boomer basically yeah. it's fascinating to think about the fact that we are currently talking about being nostalgic about movies that themselves were being nostalgic right. for the generation of our parents <laughs> right <laughs> and that that brought us a familiarity with oh yeah movies that take place in the 40s that were made in the 90s yeah i know this i know yeah, this really yeah, yeah. well but it taps into a nostalgia that creates kind of a cultural identity yeah. i think it becomes sort of the diorama or like the fabrication of 
yeah. how we, as the generation that didn't live during that time, pictured yeah. that time. Yeah, you the know? curated sort of memory of it. I, I don't know. I, I wonder if like that generation didn't talk about that time much, and so people had to kind of explore it through like rose-colored glasses in a way yeah well i mean you you even see it in this movie like they just give like sort of a passing nod and i mean that like literally passing nod to the way that the leaks were segregated right like that's like you get one scene from a nameless black woman who's got a really great arm you know it brings back like just i you know thoughts of satchel page and you know things about like the the negro leagues and and the segregation of baseball of course the movie it felt obligatory to me yeah like it felt like well we, pandering yeah yeah although i don't really know what what more you would do you yeah. know yeah it's just one of those things where the movie is a bit scattered i guess yeah i don't know i don't know what to say about that exactly i, I don't either it because it does focus on the women really well, like we were mm-hmm. saying. Like it, it does maintain its focus, and and it would be a huge oversight if they didn't talk about it at all, right? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have a good answer for yeah. for how you handle that better. I don't you know? either. I don't either, except to say that it's uh, it's part of what adds to its nineties It is, yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about the ending because I felt like. Once the game was over and Dottie left and everything, I was like, this movie should be done. Like, I don't need to go back to older Dottie and see what's going on there. But then I was like, oh, wow, I yeah. really needed this. Yeah. Like, it yeah. Was, it, it's, it's a really effective and moving tribute mm-hmm. to see the reunions and to, you know, just the brief kind of like life went on. And yeah. some people died and like they, they formed these lives. They became, you know, just everyday people. And so the longer it went on, the more it worked for me. <laughs> I agree. And I think that it, it, it does go on for a while. And I think that it needed to. Yeah. I feel like it committed gives, to it. You know, we're already talking about how that nostalgia really romanticizes these periods. They also kind of romanticize youth. These people are kind of stuck in time capsules. That's when they were younger. That's when they were full of life. Mm-hmm. And then it was over. Mm-hmm. And then the movie really just says, "No, it was never over." And these are these are th- these are still thriving women. You know, I don't know why it's a weird connection to make, but it kind of reminds me of the uh, very different movie, but like the ending of Schindler's List. I was even. thinking that too. This is history of people who are still with us, right? You know, and th- and and that because these people are still with us. Isn't it amazing we have them? Isn't yeah. it amazing that they're still here and yeah. that we can get these stories and we can actually like talk to them about what it was like to do this and and build memorials around them and let right. them have these moments of memory, you mm-hmm. know? That was my thought too. I mean, obviously a very different movie, a very different effect, but um I mean it's one year later that Schindler's List came out and it, it's doing exactly what you're saying it's doing. And um even then like the the during the credits baseball game. Yeah. To, I watched the whole thing. I did too. And I was like, man, they can play now. Like, it was so cool to see them be competitive and mm-hmm. be like... That Sliding fire. into base. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, that could have been directed or whatever, but they, yeah. they were throwing and hitting like, great. But it was only as I saw that it wasn't ending that I was like, oh, we're still going on. But then like pretty immediately, I was like, Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. And to commit to it, to not show that for a little bit, and then go to you know cards saying Dottie Hinson went on to blah right. blah, or you know whatever. It's, it's a substantial part. What is it? Look at her. Hey, Dottie. It's Dottie. Ah. Hey, Doris. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. Oh. May? All the way, May? Gee, you know what's called me that since last night. Oh, come <laughs> on. I'm a married woman now. Yeah, about hey, times. Hey, girl. So, and then I, I was going to ask you how you felt about uh, Gina Davis as sort of the. I thought the Gina lead. Davis was great, and I, I, I did too. I, and I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I really like Gina Davis generally. Mm-hmm. Well, I but see, don't I don't think feel I feel like, like I've seen, seen a ton of her movies. But whenever she's in a movie, I'm like. Yeah, she's great. And we need to mention, if we're talking about like women in film and everything like that, Gina Davis, 
her recent focus hasn't been acting, but since 2004, she started the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media. Mm. And she works through that organization with people in power in the entertainment industry to increase the presence of female characters, specifically in media. Um, And she launched a film festival around that and has produced movies. Um, So her focus hasn't been on acting, but it's been on expanding the role of women in movies for the last 16 years. Wow. So she's really working to make a difference, you know? Good. And she's great. I mean, in this movie, it's actually hard to think of anyone else who could have played that role. And plays it really understated. And I don't know how to say it without like resorting to sexist tropes because I don't mean this from any sort of sexist way, but she's strong. It's just a given that she's strong. Yeah. Right? Like there isn't anything that she's strong in spite of. The reason what I, what I, thinking could sound sexist because I'm talking, I'm, I'm thinking about the, in terms of likability and I, I don't mean like she's strong, but she's likable, but she's just like, her strength is never a threat to her likability. Like the movie, the movie doesn't make it a possibility. And Gina Davis doesn't make it a possibility. There's not even a question of it. Do you know what I'm saying? That like, it's not like they're going yeah. out of the way to make her likable or that I think that strength in women is unlikable, <laughs> but like it's, it could be that she at, at some point would have needed softening. Like there was an edge to her that needed movie, to be, sh- needed to be needed. Yeah. To be the movie, the down. movie never, the movie never even hints at needing to explain itself or, right. or to be apologetic about anything. Like I'm it. thinking about the yeah. screwball comedies where the strong woman met a man who also needed to change and they both changed each other, you know? And the strength of a lot of female characters in screwball comedies by the end gets tamed, Mm. you know? Yeah. Like she's strong, but she's not going to cause any trouble, Mm -hmm. you know? And Gina Davis, she never causes trouble, but she also never accepts things as they are. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's the, it's, it's kind of the poise. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's there. And there's nothing wrong with this, by the way, but there's not really a fierceness to it. It's just sort of a stoic, poise that she gives yeah that's kind of like oh it's just a given yeah this is a strong individual this is someone who isn't going to be easily shaken by anybody self-assured exactly very confident and this is in her character doesn't need to be all that vocal about it right you know um so to to bring it back to tom hanks where does this fit in in tom hanks performances is this classic tom hanks like is this is this what you think of or you would go to if you're looking for a tom hanks performance is this i mean i don't want to say there's a past a a past prime tom hanks but is there a movie star icon tom hanks that's maybe a little bit one could argue is past prime or is this like career building tom hanks i think it's career building it's iconic in that line, really. <laughs> and, and, and in the performance, I mean, the performance, it, after you see it, I mean, you've seen it now, it is something that you remember as sort of like, it shows some range mm-hmm. with Tom Hanks, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But, but if, if you're going to ask me, and you're looking at everything, and, and let's just say, let's just say, I can't even imagine this, but let's just say someone says, you know, I've never seen a Tom Hanks movie. I'm not going to give him a you League of Their say Own. say, go see a League of Their Own. You know, I don't know what I would say. Maybe Castaway as like mm. sort of a, a, mm-hmm. a the one we did for the last T Thanksgiving as sort of like a this this really gives you an idea of what Tom Hanks means to people and what the range he yeah. had and the way he could carry a movie. I mean, it's we hard really because did you really, start with a big Tom Hanks. We might have started with peak Tom Hanks. Yeah, and that's okay because you got to start with a bang. Sure. And now we get to kind of you know look at look at what made sure. yeah. Hanks. I think this is kind of crucial, Tom Hanks. Yes. But it's not the Tom Hanks. I you know. I don't think you could have remained a big Tom Hanks fan and saying. not seen about a League say. of Their That's Own. That's what I was about to say. That as a, a, a Tom Hanks appreciator, you've got to see A League of Their Own. Yeah. And pretty much everything that you would love about him is there. But you're getting less of him. Period. Yeah, you're, you're getting, getting less of him. You're getting period. less of him. He's not the, yeah, he's not the star. And it is because it's less of him. You're, you're kind of getting... I'm, it's not one note. I'm not saying that, but you're kind of getting the character of Jimmy Dugan mm-hmm. is a type. Exactly. There's nuance within it that Tom Hanks brings to it, and that character is allowed to be both comedic 
and have dramatic moments. It's a great character, mm-hmm. but it's a character. Yeah. It's not what's carrying the movie. It's, it's not. Uh, is it a role Tom Hanks would play today? I could see Tom Hanks actually right now in his career start to take maybe okay. a role or two like this, where it's kind of like, you know what? I am going to kind of step back into the background a little bit. Maybe he just kind of want to get wants to get back into just kind of loving being in movies, acting. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to hold together an entire movie right now. Sure. You know? Getting over COVID. Yeah. You know, just I sort will of say, like. So I was listening to that podcast and he sounds like he hasn't shaken, like he sounds gruff. So what do you think? I mean, I just kind of gave you what I thought. I didn't, uh, what are your feelings? I can see what this? you're saying. I, I need to, uh, just because we're honest here. We, we, don't, we don't keep things from each other. No, Hanks wouldn't want it that way. No, Hanks is an open book. And I, I also feel comfortable saying this because Hanks would not hold this against me. I, I just, I haven't watched that many recent Tom Hanks movies. Mm-hmm. Sully's the last one I saw. Probably me too. And before that, it was Captain Phillips. And so since then, there's Ben saving Mr. Banks, Bridge of Spies, which I think I would like to see. Mm, I didn't see it though uh, either. I don't know. Some of these movies, I have, Ithaca, I haven't heard of that. A Hologram for the King, uh, Inferno, I don't feel like I'll see. The Circle, I didn't see. The Post, I didn't see. I saw The Post. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I haven't seen yet. So I do feel like I don't have a good feel for who current... Tom Hanks is. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that he would do this. I, I hope that we would see a, a performance like this from him again. Something that that kind of breaks out a little bit. So I'm going to put this one, if we're talking about Tom Hanks' performances, I'm going to see it. I'm going to say for a Hanks head, obviously a must-see. Yeah. But if you are looking to get into Tom Hanks movies, it's not priority. Right. So what, uh, then the movie as a whole, how are you feeling for your, your rating? I, I still feel like it's a three and a half star movie. We didn't get too much into the stuff that like, re, you know, really kind of like I thought fell flat for it, mm-hmm. but it's there. I don't think we needed to get into it too much. Um, I feel like this is a, you know, what this is to me is this is a great movie where if it's, if it's a Saturday and it, I'm flipping through channels and it comes up, I'll leave that on. That's a good movie to kind of have on. You I know? think it's a great November movie. I don't know. It's comforting. Yeah. Okay. So like I was even trying to think of where does this stack up with baseball movies? I do think it's one of my more favorite baseball movies. Sure. I certainly like it a lot more than Bull Durham. That Gosh, we dang. About. I don't know what my favorite baseball movie is though, is by the way. Bull Durham... Like the anti league of their own, though, <laughs> <laughs> with how like cynical it is, you mean? Or yeah, and how and how macho and it is. Yeah. yeah, boy, you've got you've got Thelma and Louise right there. Actually, there you do. That's you know, true. With Susan Sarandon having weird sex with him banging against the dresser. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I've forgotten. I had I had put that movie out of my mind. Like I told Kelsey. Uh, so the way our conversation, just a reminder, I'm, I'm recording on Saturday and she was like, right. And I'm like, so that means Friday we'll have to watch the movie. And she was like, oh, I forgot that's what that means. And I said it was a league of their own. And she was like, why do you do so many baseball movies? And I was like, we just did the Sandlot. She's like, and that other one. And I was like, oh yeah. I had put it out of my mind. I, I mean, I know it's got its champions, but I think that those people are blind. To Bull Durham, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We'll go back and listen to our episode. Dig yeah. through those archives. Dig and through listen them. to us slam yeah. Bull Durham, especially if you love it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll tear that down a little yeah. bit. But um, so I mean, I, we're best buds on this because you're sticking to you're doing three and a half. Yeah, I'm Is going to three and a half. Okay, uh, with like part of the impetus for doing a T Thanksgiving is that Tom Hanks is such a big fan of the show, of so I want to I want him to know yes that. Three and a half is not his fault. It's not a reflection on him. Not a bad thing. No. Really. I also, I mean, I know Gina Davis has much bigger things on her plate, so I don't think she's listening No, as far as I know. But I do want Tom to Hanks reach out to is, her but, yeah. that the three and a half is no reflection on her either. No. One, the three and a half isn't bad. But for Gina Davis as a performer in this movie and Gina Davis as somebody who is doing work, I mean, this five stars like i mean you don't know you how feel, can you how can you yeah i, I just don't, I don't want, want her to feel a, a negative association with a three and a half and i, I don't want, want penny marshall, penny marshall. to We're feel not, yeah so this is a three and a half stars with kind of a side conversation with tom hanks 
anybody who can get in touch with Gina Davis and yeah. the estate of Penny Marshall, right. that we value you outside right. the movie right. and we value your work in this movie. Right. And we should probably throw in there because I don't think she's listening, but if I haven't spoken to Madonna in a while, but if Madonna's, right. if, if Madonna's listening, it's not about her either. She's getting the money from this right. podcast. And I don't know how connected she is, how, how invested she is in listening to those, those she things. She gets She's money from everything. All media. So yeah. she'd have to be taking in all media to yeah, know right. all that she's getting the money from. I'm sure there's, so. You would put Madonna on the side too? Of to, what? To have a conversation with? I just don't want her to think that the three and a half, like the, the, the basically, basically the two and a half stars that are missing in this, mm-hmm. Madonna doesn't need to worry that. It's that, not a deficit on their end. No. 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 Or Gina Davis. Right. Tom Hanks or Penny Marshall. Right. Lori Petty? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. But my point is, here's my point. Three and a half to me sounds right for this movie because it is just basically a by the numbers. Solid movie. Heartwarming, inspirational yeah. movie. It Does is what, what it needs to it, do. Exactly. And what it needs to do is not really, I don't even know if it, how much it's shooting right. for like five star territory. Yeah, that's true. Without T. Hanks, without Gina Davis, without Penny Marshall, this would not be a three and a half star movie. Right. Just a professionally made, good yeah. theater, popcorn loving movie. This is like people who are good at what they do. Yeah. Doing what they do well. It's it's safe. That's a baseball term. Safe. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a pretty high high compliment to say that this is a good November movie. Yeah. Because November, you're looking for the feel good of the holidays, mm-hmm. but you're not ready to watch a holiday movie. Yep. Yep. And this is the time of comfort, whether it's getting together get with family and kind of reveling in that comfort, or you're not able to see family. And so you need the comfort. Yep. This and- movie is there for you. Nobody's going to really be offended. And if they are, they are, they've got something going on. Well, you know, Someone might be offended by Jimmy Dugan's groin scratching. Yeah. I, I liked it. <laughs> I mean, only as Hanks would do it. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so how about, how, how, I mean, I, this is a very, once again, happy Thanksgiving. Not, yeah. not that I would, not that I would assume it would ever not be. No, I, I think we would probably not pick a contentious T. Hanksgiving movie. No, would, I don't know if would. there is a contentious T. Hanksgiving. I mean, I d- don't necessarily want to watch the Da Vinci Code or Inferno or anything. No. Let's not go there let's stick to what we know as with anybody you're going to eat thanksgiving dinner with there are things you don't bring up yeah so why why don't we do that then why don't we talk about what we are going to pick and watch for next month all right so we uh the holidays have been i mean we do we do three months of holidays here it's just the festival never the ends. holidays spooktacular tea thanksgiving which this may be overblown I think tea Thanksgiving is one of the best ideas humanity has come up with not overblown I wouldn't say <laughs> okay thank you I think it's right on the money I wouldn't go further than that okay I wouldn't say best idea humanity has ever come up with and will ever come up with okay and that's why I thought you were very measured and thank you that. yeah so and yes. I wanted to be right but the holiday the yeah holidays the holidays continue in december of course they don't end with tea thanksgiving no we go on and on yeah and so we are going to celebrate the holidays by watching the holiday just knock that s right off (laughs) we don't have time for it (laughs) now i will say with camp within the can we still be friends realm it is not the holiday we've got three right well we've got three holiday seasons right our holiday season is three holiday seasons that's fractions that's next level stuff it is and so we would never want anybody to think that we would narrow it down to a single holiday if it were not the name of a movie that we were going to be watching so yeah so we're gonna do that but we just want to make it very clear that that's the name of the movie right not our stance not representative of the can we still be friends holiday seasons right (laughs) plural right right which are th- which are three months long. Oh, wait, wait, long. wait. Is it a holiday season that's three months long with three holidays in it? Is that what we're saying? Or is it three seasons that oh, with the sum total of one? We've got our accountants who are crunching those numbers. 
Okay, so the initial returns are that it is a massive season. I mean, three, super supernova three level months, holiday seasons. Three months Season. with each month encompassing multiple holidays. What? No, just one in each month. Well, the holiday spooktacular. That's one. But that that encompasses the holiday of the spooktacular, like the holidays. Oh, I see. Of the holiday spooktacular. Yes. T. Hanksgiving has, of course, T. Hanksgiving, but. I mean, a less known and frankly, not as good of an idea holiday of Thanksgiving. But the, the, the connection, I don't know why I'm explaining this to you because we've talked about this. Tea Thanksgiving is, is part of the lesser, the lesser holiday of Thanksgiving is supplemented. The, the feelings, the gratitude, the celebration of, of human decency is supplemented by the meal right. with which people celebrate Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. And then we've got December, which is notoriously the holidays. The holiday. The holidays. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so when we say tis the season... We're talking three months we're talking three months of tizzing of the season. Tis three months long. <laughs> tis. And it's ecumenical. I mean, it covers two real seasons, right? We, 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 we're fall into winter, you know? It unites, right. you know, two of the most contentious seasons. Yes, you know? yeah, and I feel like our 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 season, yeah, uh, filled with these holidays, yeah, because it encompasses so much. It, they really, it really can sort of uh, bridge all of the gaps, all the divides, everything. You know, because we've got the acknowledgement of the fear, right, in the holidays, in the holidays spectacular. We bring it back. We, we redeem it. Yeah. yeah. And then we spread that love with every, the, yes. the December holidays. Okay. So let's, let's, let's talk about I the culmination like here. Little, okay. Go ahead. The culmination of the holiday season right. is going to be that we're going to watch a holiday movie. And when we say holiday movie, we're talking about sort of the traditional, you know, yeah. not, not quite so encompassing sense that we right. usually talk about tis the season right. and, and the holiday season. But, you know, the traditional post-Thanksgiving up to Christmas, up to up to just New Year's Eve, a holiday movie, right? And and it's a holiday movie, yeah. ho- the ho- holiday. Yeah, <laughs> the movie's called the, the movie's called the holiday. It's the holiday movie. <laughs> it's not. It's not the holiday movie. It's just the holiday. It's a holiday movie called the holiday. That's the right way to say it. Right. The holiday in quotation marks. Uh, I mean, technically italicized, but yes. Sorry. Depends on if it's like MLA APA format. Exactly. You know. if the New York Times writing it. Quotation marks. Right. Absolutely. One of my students in my class, you better be italicized. Italicizing. So we're going to watch Italicized The Holiday. Right. Uh, but it's just called The Holiday, if you're just saying it. The transcripts that we send to the, the Library of Congress will have it italicized. Of course. So we're talking about The Holiday from 2006, written and directed by Nancy Myers, starring, man, what a cast. What a cast. Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, Jack Black. The last time Jack Black's been clean shaven, as far as I can tell. Uh, Babyface Jack Black, then. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're watching this why? Because it's a traditional holiday, holiday movie. movie, right? Uh, but also because you know this is one of your your wife's favorite mm-hmm. holiday movies, and it's also one of my wife's favorite traditional holiday movies. It's also um, one of my wife's favorite movies called The Holiday. I'd hope so. Yeah. So I think uh, if you've never seen this movie, you should watch it with us. I mean, essentially join the festivities is what we're saying. Yeah, I mean for yourself. As much as for anything. Oh, yeah. Some self-care is in order. I mean, we always encourage you to watch the movie we're, of course, we're going to talk about. Of course. We want to hear, not, not just watching it, we want to hear your thoughts, too. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. Pitch them at us. I didn't throw a lot of baseball terms in during yeah, the episode. Lost I lost it. that, so I want to say uh, it now. So, yeah, we kind of struck out. Know. So throw us a fastball and, uh, you know. Yeah. Right uh, right down the pipe. No curveballs. No, no, go, go ahead. Yeah. Throw a curveball. We don't care. Change it. Why not? We've got Facebook if you're doing the social media thing, facebook.com slash Can We Still Be Friends podcast. Shoot us a DM, they call it, right? They yeah. Still call it? Yeah. Cool. Do they? Yeah. Do they call a it? A message. A message. Twitter calls it a DM. Yeah. Shoot us a message on and maybe Facebook. maybe Instagram does too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and speaking of Instagram, we're there. Oh, We yeah. are there. We are on Instagram. That's uh, right. Instagram at Can We Still Be Friends pod. Right. Of course, you can always hit us up on our website, canwestillbefriends.net. That's actually where all of our episodes are hosted. So you can dig through all of our archives, 87 episodes worth of material. Or you can email us. You can email us at feedback at canwestillbefriends.net. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are phone inclined, 
we've got an option for you. That yeah. option is uh, <laughs> that calling option, us on the telephone. Calling us on the telephone. Yeah, yeah. We've got a. Don't voice, leave them in suspense. We've got a, we've got a voice mailbox. The number to call is eight four seven three zero six nine five three two. I did not even need to look no, at my you notes didn't. then, and I'm hoping I got it right. Great job. If you want to leave a more uh, elongated sure. message. You could always just, you know, use your voice recorder on your phone and uh, package up that MP3 and send it off to our email address, which we uh, already gave. So back up the podcast a few seconds and give it a listen if you forgot the address. Yep. So um, please enjoy your tea Thanksgiving. Yeah, the rest rest of your tea Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, lesser known, but Thanksgiving as well. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. What I like about tea Thanksgiving, though, is that it it can be celebrated safely. During the pandemic. I mean, that was very by, real by design. Yeah. By design, yeah. we wanted it to be safe. Right. No matter what. And, and, and still, you know, we gave you all those outlets to get back to us. Let us know anything, anything you want to tell us about your Tom Hanks experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, would be, we would love to hear it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move on to uh, the next uh, third of yeah. our, our holiday season. Yeah. So, tis the season. Tis the season. Uh, and I think that says it all. So, thanks for listening. Yeah, T. Hanks. <laughs>